Eight assists is Bob Myers. Of course, Steph Curry with his dad. The emotions just pouring out. It might be his fourth, but it means so much. All the sacrifice, all the work. Boy, these, these Warriors are ready to celebrate. Yeah, so I didn't do as much research for the pitching, but I could definitely tell you one of them is Sandy. I couldn't tell you. A second <laughs> Let's one right go. Now. So, but it's definitely Sandy. Who, I, for those that maybe don't know, I stole him from Connor in the second round of our draft. Connor was not a happy man that night. So, listen, he was projected fourth round, but he the way he's pitched, he was worth second round fucking value. I know. <laughs> That's what that was. What was so funny about it? Because I remember seeing Dan take him in the second round, and I was like, "Wow, he just did that to spite Connor." And then it's worked beautifully. It's hilarious. He's been, yep. he's been unbelievable. Man. Everybody and welcome to episode 63 of Clubhouse Convos. Great to be with you today, uh, Dan and Connor. Dan, how's your Juneteenth holiday? Uh, my holiday is good. Uh, I got one question for you before we move on. Did, I see did you actually do the countdown correctly? Well, it went from six to zero, so I assumed that I should start. <laughs> yes, and then I saw one at the bottom. So I think it worked. It started six and then it was like, all right, we're starting now. So I think we're good. All right. Otherwise I'm good. There you go. Uh, Newman, <laughs> how's your day off? Yeah. Always interesting with this, uh, this new video software. No, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. It showed up at, you started talking when my countdown was at three. So I was a little, <laughs> yeah, it was, it did not go as I guess you, you might say planned. Um, but let's get right into this episode, and we will start with the Boston Celtics, Golden State Warriors, um, NBA Finals. So it's over, sadly, for the Boston Celtics. They lost game six, 103-90. to 90. It was tough to lose at home. Uh, I got a few questions, but Dan, first, I would say congrats on your guarantee coming true. I believe you said in six as well, is that correct? Yep, I said... Golden State would win that last game against Dallas, and then they'd win the finals in six against whoever they played. So that was the guarantee, and look at me. There you go. Good <laughs> job, my friend. Um, I guess I got a question kind of to start off. What did you see from the Celtics in game six, and is it time for us to say, Jason Tatum, you are not a superstar? Connor, I'll go to you first. Well, to me, Jason Tatum's never been a superstar. I mean, he just doesn't have the consistency like like a Luca or a Steph to go out there and consistently put up 30 points, lead the team to victory. I mean, he shot so bad, turned the ball over like crazy. I mean, that's just not what you need out of your quote-unquote superstar player. I think Jalen Brown was much better in the final. I don't think we get rid of Tatum. I don't think, you know, that's a smart move for us. I think we keep them both and try to make it work with, you know, maybe a Bradley Beal. We can bring that in, but... I don't know. It was kind of an embarrassing showing for Tatum. This was really his chance to, you know, say fuck you to all the haters and the critics. But 
I don't really think he showed up. Dan, what are your thoughts on Tatum? He just he didn't have the series I think a lot of people were expecting him to. He just doesn't really have that like killer mentality, kind of like a Curry. Like when when Curry knows that the game's in reach and he can win, and that there's an NBA Finals uh, up for grabs, it, it just seems his play elevates. Whereas Jason Tatum. You don't know what you're going to get, and I think that does come with his youth and inexperience when it comes to the finals, but it's just, I don't know. It, it It's borderline inexcusable how bad he did play. I think the stat was like he had 18 combined points in the fourth quarter in these six games. Like, you, that's just not good basketball, and for somebody with that much potential that Jason Tatum has, I, it's just completely unacceptable unacceptable play in the NBA Finals. Yeah, no, I completely agree with the both of you. Uh, I just have a few comments here before I ask another question. Um, first one, a stat. Uh, in the first three rounds of the playoffs, Jason Tatum shot 50% from two-point range, 100 for 200. And then in the finals, he shot 31.6% on twos, 24 for 76. So I think the notion of saying, all right, Tatum lost us the NBA Finals, I mean, if you look at the series, you can make the argument. But if you look at the playoffs in total, we don't probably get past Milwaukee if not for Tatum's game six in Milwaukee where he put up like 40-plus uh, in that battle with Giannis. Like, it, it, it's frustrating to see Tatum perform that way. But again, I don't think the Celtics are in that spot if Tatum wasn't on the team. Uh, and I will say, like, superstars – do sometimes struggle shooting in finals. I mean, you look at Kobe back in, I believe, 2010. Uh, this was a seven-game series, I think, against the Celtics. Uh, game one, 10 for 22. Game two, 8 for 20. Game three, 10 for 29. Game four, 10 for 22. Game three, 13 for 27. Game six, 9 for 19. Game seven, 6 for 24. So I think, it you know, it does suck, but – it's not anything too crazy. You hear stats from LeBron's first finals. You hear stats from Larry Bird's first finals. I mean, they don't put up, I guess, the numbers that we would expect them to, to put up looking at them right now. So while it sucks, I think it's just the beginning for Tatum. And I think if he can limit the turnovers that the Celtics can get a point guard, a guy who can take the pressure off Brown and Tatum, it would do a lot for really for Tatum because I think he feels too much pressure as a ball handler. Um, Connor, my second question for you is, looking at the Celtics next year, what moves would you like to see them make? And are there any players up there you'd like them to maybe think about bringing in? Or, or kind of how would – if you were Brad Stevens, how would you address this offseason? Um, I think the biggest need is, like you said, a guy to handle the ball. Uh, so an elite point guard. I know we're the betting favorite for Bradley Beal right now. I think that would be a great addition. You know, let Marcus Smart either be that sixth man. I mean, you can't get rid of Marcus Smart. He was just the DPOI. I'm not going to put him anywhere. But – Someone who can handle the ball a little better, facilitate, give uh, Brown and Tatum a breather. It was definitely huge. I think I think we've been saying for years we need a real center, but I actually really was impressed by what Robert Williams did, you know, throughout the playoffs and in the final. So I don't really think we need an upgrade there. I think for them it's just, you know, run it back with this squad, but maybe get a better ball handler. Uh, I think would really limit the turnovers for everyone else. Dan, do you agree with Connor's assessment? Um. I agree with it. I think the point guard aspect is a little overblown. I I honestly think the Celtics, what they need is someone down low that has an offensive presence. Al Horford, like, 
at his stage in the in his career, he's more of an outside type guy, kind of spot up shoot when he's open. And he's just not going to be an offensive presence down low. And Robert Williams, as good as he is defensively, he doesn't offer much offensively. So it forces Tatum and Brown to have to drive to the hoop, which honestly in this finals it showed Tatum's really not that good at driving to the hoop. So I think you need to get maybe a, if you want Williams out there, you need a four that can kind of stretch the court, but also can play down low and be pretty good offensively. I think that would be, and it's kind of been the key that's been missing for the Celtics for a long time is someone that's a true big and can actually do something offensively. I think they've been missing that for a while. Yeah, and I and I think that's a good point. I mean, you remember the days when Anthony Davis was rumored to go to Boston, and everyone was so excited because that was something that they just hadn't had really since Kevin Garnett, someone who's a dominant force down low that can work in the post and kind of take some of that pressure off the superstars. So I completely agree with that. Last point, where do we think the Celtics end up next year in the East? Kind of where do they stack up? I know it's a long offseason, a lot of players – on the move. We saw Kyrie, that news break today. Dan, what's a reasonable expectation for the Celtics to finish next year, looking ahead here early? I would say they have to make the Eastern Conference Finals, and they have to go at least six or seven. Um, You just made the NBA Finals. Most of this core is going to stay intact. Um, The the East is very good, but if you're going to have two superstars that are going to be in a year's time, what, they'll be 25, 26. I mean, it, you have to make at least the conference finals. I, I think that's the expectation. Um, and if we're going to talk about this young core being the next big thing, I mean, the expectation, I would say finals, but I mean, with how competitive the East is, I have to go with conference finals. But that that has to be the expectation. Connor, is this just the beginning for the Celtics or can the Heat, the Sixers, or maybe some other surprise team – uh, take them off that high horse next year? Uh, it's a tough call, right? I mean, I was when we were doing our top 30, our end-of-the-year power rankings, I was even hesitant to put the Celtics at the top of the East. I mean, I, I ended up putting them at three, top of the uh, the Eastern teams. But, I mean, I was looking, you know, the Heat, the Heat could have easily beat the Celtics in the conference final. I think the 76ers have a really good roster now with that Harden trade, so they'll be pretty good next year. Even the Bucks, I mean, Giannis is fucking Giannis, so... I think there's a lot of contenders, though it might crowd out the Celtics from reaching the conference final, depending on who they play. But I agree with Dan. I think conference final should be the goal for them, uh, to at least make it back to where they were this year. And I mean, I think it's an interesting point bringing up the Heat. I mean, the headlines could have been totally different if Jimmy Butler hits that three at the end of Game 7 to send the Celtics home when they were up 13 with like three minutes to go. I think that's something that the Celtics kind of missed all playoffs and all, and all year long really was that that killer, as Dan noted earlier, that killer mentality, especially late in games and in that fourth quarter. You need guys to just put their head down and get the job done, limit the turnovers, don't get in your head, don't make mistakes. And I think really the story for the Celtics team was they did beat themselves in a lot of games. They, they never let the opponent beat them. It, it, the turnovers were just the, the biggest problem. And I think we have to note Tatum, first player in NBA his playoff history with 100 turnovers. So certainly not a good uh, playoff for Tatum when it comes to turnovers. Um, we'll go over into the NHL now. And uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are down two games to none to the Colorado Avalanche. Avs with a 7 nothing win in game two. Game three is tonight in Tampa Bay. I mean... 
the Rangers went up 2-0, and then they went up 2-0 in Game 3 in Tampa, and it looked like, all right, it was about to crash down for the Lightning, and then they come back and they win that game. Was that the – I think it might have been the Palat uh, goal, or maybe that was Game 4. Um, it's hard to, hard to remember. Yeah, um, but, Connor, like – I guess I'll give you the four. I mean, they're your team. You know this team better than anybody. I'd also give you credit. You said they would win all the rest of the games in the Rangers series, which they did. So I tend to take. I tend to trust your takes on this team. You had them winning the cup. Uh, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts here? Um, it's not not looking too great. Um, the Avalanches. <laughs> the Avalanche are just a different animal. They're probably the best team I've seen in the past five years they're ridiculous i mean they made us look silly I, I i talked when i was talking to colin on the last pod i said you can't let them win game one because with the 11 days of rest they're only going to get better had to capitalize while they were still rusty and i mean you saw in game two they scored a freaking touchdown so they're ready to go i think the pace the pace of play for them is just unmatched i think the oilers even they even the Oilers got swept and i think the oilers represent a good you know good opponent in terms of speed I just think Tampa plays a very defensive game. So when you, you go down to nothing early, you're kind of screwed from the jump. Um, but I mean, like series isn't over till you lose at home. So tonight is very big. Uh, I think if they lose tonight, obviously it's over, but I think if you win one uh, tonight, maybe you win on Wednesday, go back to Colorado and, and we'll see what happens from there. But haven't lost at home yet, although I believe the Avalanche are like seven and zero on the road <laughs> on this journey. So, I mean, they're just incredible, man. Like, we, I think they had more shots on goal than we had shots attempts on the other day. So, props to them; they're a fantastic team. What player on the Avs impresses you the most? Is it Makar? Is it a guy like Nachushkin who's kind of stepped up? McKinnon, kind of who's caught your eye so far? I mean, it's been it's been Nachushkin. I mean, I, until the end of you know, when McCarr scored those two quick ones in the third, I think McCarr and McKinnon only had like one point combined through the first two games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's been Nachushkin, Burakovsky, you know, Landis Gog. These guys have been all amazing, getting down low, getting tired. Their power play has been ridiculous. But now that McCarr has kind of found his form, I'm a little worried because he's a pretty streaky player. So get this rally line out there. They've been unbelievable this playoffs. So let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, Nachushkin's an interesting guy because he started his uh, career, I believe, in Dallas and then couldn't really carve up a role there, couldn't really get an NHL contract. So he goes overseas to play for a little while, and the Avs bring him back, I believe, a year or two ago. And the fit was like, oh, it took him some time to get in, but this year has been really his year. He's been unbelievable in the power play. Um, and I forget – because. I believe it was like two years ago they were playing, I believe Colin Wilson was getting some power play time, and they were kind of looking for that guy to kind of come in and and pick up some power play minutes. And Nachushkin's been great right on the doorstep. Uh, You saw his goal from Burakovsky. I believe that was the first goal of game two. Just a beautiful pass, kind of one-on-three, find some space in front of that. But that's kind of where he's made his money all year. And so he's been awesome to watch. As far as Tampa goes, who needs to play better? I mean, Vasilevsky, I know, might be an easy answer. He looks small, but kind of who do they need to step up? Because Point might not even play game three. I hope he doesn't. I mean, he's been awful. (laughs) Um, I mean, Vasilevsky, I think he knows. He'll rebound. I think he'll be okay. Uh, But, I mean, the top line, Cooch, Stamkos, 
a lot. They need to step their shit up. I think they had one shot attempt going into the third period. That's unacceptable. I and mean, Kucherov is supposed to be the stud. It's the point leader in the playoffs now that the Oilers are out. So I expect him to get much better. They just need to draw some penalties. I mean, the power play is just obviously really good. Hedman has looked terrible. I mean, the Avalanche have made him look silly on multiple occasions. So pretty much everyone needs to step up. <laughs> I mean, after you lose 7 nothing. I think that's kind of the expectation, but they know. I think they know. Going back home off of a loss, I expect a good showing tonight, so I'm hopeful. Let's segue right into my next question. Game three tonight on ESPN. Connor, we'll start with you, and then I'll go to Dan and myself. Who wins game three tonight, and what do you got for a score? Uh, well, Tampa has to win. So Tampa wins. Uh, <laughs> I will say 3-1, and if and if there is a shutout by Vasilevsky, we are winning the cup. I would go with that. Wow. Can, can you guarantee that? Yes. I guarantee if there's if he shuts them out tonight and he gets hot, it's over. We're winning. But Dan, give me a score and give me a winner. Um, before I get to the prediction, that's going to be a funny clip, I guess, because by the time this comes out, the game's going to be over. Oh, I'm so, going to try to get it up tonight. So. Oh, interesting. So. Yeah. Well, well, that's why I'm posing this question. What? I said that's why I'm posing this question. I'm done work for the day, so uh, I got nothing else. So might as well edit. Fair enough. Go to pod. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to take the abs. I'm going to go with 4-2. Um, I'm going to go Tampa. So I had Colorado winning the first two games and then Tampa winning the next four, but I really don't feel good about that at all. But I'm going to say Tampa wins tonight. Um. I think Stamkos is going to have a nice game, and I do think Vassy is going to play really well. And I'm going to go – I'll go 4-1 Tampa Bay, and I'll go Stamkos with the game-winning goal. Um, should be good, though. I, I, I mean, Stamkos – how's he been playing, Newman? I mean, he's I, been, I know he's been unbelievable all playoffs, but how's he been – He's been good. He's been fine. I think he won a ton of face-offs the other day. We've been dominating at the circle. It's the problem is they score within the first three minutes of the game every game. It's like, oh, it's over. Yep. I mean, part of my reasoning for picking Tampa in this series was Kadri was out for the rest of the playoffs, and Point was coming back. So you would have thought that kind of the tides would favor Tampa, I guess, by momentum in that sort of sense. And Colorado had a lot of time off, but I mean, they look unbelievable right now. So we'll see what happens in game three tonight. Uh, so that now we'll segue into baseball. And what we're doing for this episode is we're kind of building our all-star teams. Uh, we started by picking uh, a starting lineup. So catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, outfield, DH. Uh, and we have a couple starters, a couple relievers kind of in that starting tier. And then for teams that we did not pick a player from, we kind of have a bench as well. So, We'll start off with the catcher position, um, and we'll go to Dan first. Go ahead. Um, am I going AL or NL? Uh, you can go NL first. We'll start NL. I went Wilson Contreras. Newman. I'm in agreement. Although I almost picked his brother because his brother has some good numbers too, but I went with Wilson Contreras. Well, don't even get me started on his brother because Brian Snicker doesn't like to play his brother more than like two games in a row, even though he's been unbelievable. Uh, but no, I say Contreras as well. Um, not much else to really say here. I mean, you look at the catcher position and it's absolute garbage. So 
Um, yeah. There really wasn't anyone close for me. I mean, it's kind of sad, to be honest, in the NL. Um, now we'll switch over to, to AL and start with Connor. Yeah, another dumpster fire. I mean, the catcher position this year has been pretty weak, but anyone who's hitting over 300 as a catcher is pretty fucking impressive. So Alejandro Kirk of the Toronto Blue Jays has been phenomenal. He's thrown out eight guys. I saw him gun down, I think, Aaron Hicks yesterday. He looked ridiculous. Um, so he's been awesome for them, whether he's DHing or catching. I know they just brought up uh, Moreno there, but Kirk has found his way into more playing time as of late. So he deserves it. Damn. Yeah, I agree. I got Kirk here. Kirk? Uh, yeah, I also have Alejandro Kirk, and I just acquired him in our league for Will Smith. So Just barely. Yeah, just barely. Danny <laughs> Potter trying to create chaos. Uh, but I survived the chaos. Oh, I believe 7-5 to five was the final vote. So y'all came pretty close. Uh, but thank God you had no success. Uh, so now we'll go back to NL for first base. And... I will start with Dan on this one as well. So who's your NL first baseman? God. It's got to be Paul Goldschmidt. Newman. Yeah, I think this was one of the easier ones out of anyone. I mean, he's hitting almost 350, OPS above one. So it's pretty clear. Yeah, uh, Goldschmidt for me. I mean, you look at the stats, right? I mean, 344, 16 homers, 58 RBIs. I said a couple weeks ago on the pod that I was I would guarantee him to be NL MVP. I feel really good about that. This guy just shows no signs of slowing down. I also really like the Cardinals, um, and I think this is a lineup that's just going to continue to get hotter as the as the summer heats up as well. So give me Goldschmidt. Uh, flip it over to the AL, then I'll start with Newman. Uh, who do you got in the American League first base? Uh, I went with a homer pick. I went Ty France, um, hitting 314, 10 homers. I think he leads almost the entire AL in hits. I know he has 83, so I think he deserves to be in it. Vladdy is getting hot, but I think for now, Ty France has him beat. Dan? My pick's definitely a little surpriser, but I, I, I've i been on this for a while, and I'm going to stick mm-hmm. to it. I'm going with Anthony Rizzo. Ooh. Um, you know, Obviously, short porch there for New York, but uh, he has, I believe, like 18 homers on the year. Uh, the average isn't as high as some other guys, but I, I'm going to uh, stand by my take. Uh, I took him in our like quarter team of the year type segment that we had, so I'm going to stick with him as an all-star. That's a good pick. Yeah, I'm going to go Vlad. Um, Newman noted he's starting to heat up, and, and I, I understand the case for, for the other two, but um, – I honestly really expect Vlad to continue to heat up, like I said, as summer as summer does as well. And I think Toronto's a team that has started off slower than a lot of us imagined, but I think they're going to find their stride soon. And I think Vlad, I mean, you know, he's got 17 homers. He'll pick it up and in a talented lineup, a guy like that has still had a pretty good year. I mean, last year was unbelievable for him. It's, it's hard to replicate that, but I think he's doing a good job this year for the Jays. Um, moving into second base, uh, we'll actually start in the American League for this one, and I will start with Dan again. Go ahead. This was interesting because I feel like second base, kind of like catcher, the position stinks. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, my pick is Jose Altuve, as much as I hate the guy. Um, he's having a decent year. Again, second base kind of stinks, so it's not like he's having a great year, but that would have to be, that would have to be my pick. 
Connor? Uh, I went with one of my favorite players in the game. I went Luis Arias of the Twins. I mean, the dude doesn't strike out. He's hitting 361. It's insane. He's only struck out 20 times this year. I think that's lowest among almost every qualified hitter in the league. He's unbelievable. Um, doesn't hit for any power, though. Only has three homers, but I just like him. Hits for great average. So. Yeah, I want to rise as well. I have him in my other in my other league, and he he was a guy coming in the year that wasn't drafted, was picked up, and and for the Twins, he's been really so key for them. When Buxton was struggling, they put him at the top of the order and hit him right behind Buxton. So even though Buxton was still leading off, you had a rise number two. They've gone a rise one. So just to start off the game, you got a rise Buxton Correa. And then you can go in any sort of different way. They've they've mixed and matched all year, but I mean Newman noted it. Three sixty one. I mean thirty seven runs in the last month. He's hitting four oh six. And and I said to Colin at um, his sister's grab party, I said this guy might be the best hitter in baseball. Like when you look in terms of his vision, his contact ability, and his ability to get on base, it's unbelievable. I still think he leads the MLB in on base percentage. So. Uh, he's been huge for the Twins all year long. Uh, it's been unbelievable. NL, second base, Newman. Yeah, this one, I feel like you could go in a couple of different directions. I went with Jazz Chisholm. Um, I mean, he leads in all second base from a home runs by a pretty wide margin, I think five or six. I think he's you know a flashy player. I think someone you want to have in the All-Star game. Steals bases, good at fielding. Outside of that, I mean, the second base pool for NL wasn't too impressive, but I think you need him in the All Star game just uh, for marketing appeal. So I'll go <laughs> in there. Dan. So I have no idea what was just said because I'm trying to kill a fly, but oh, I boy. believe we're on second base for the NL, and my pick would be Jazz. Yeah. Yep. So- and I just killed him. I heard. Let's go. Speaking of bugs, a bug just landed in my water, and I'm very parched from work, so I'm a little disappointed. That's all right. You, you know, you, you deal with what comes. I said jazz as well. Um, just a lot of swagger on this dude. He's got blue hair. Uh, he's just got chains all over. Like, this dude's great for baseball. Like, brings great energy. I also find it so weird. Like, his team doesn't like him. And, and his manager clearly doesn't like him either. I mean, he got tossed from a game and, like, Tom Mattingly, like, didn't care. Like, the team doesn't like him as far as the rumors go, which I don't understand. 29 other teams would gladly take this guy. So, I love him. I think he's great for baseball. And he might suck against left-handed pitching. I think he's hitting 100 against lefties all year long. But, I mean, he murders righties. I think he's got, like, an on-base percent, on ba- or maybe a, an average over 400 for against righties. So, awesome to watch. Um, shortstop. We'll start AL. And this time we'll start with Connor. This is tough. So I wanted to put Bogarts in, but what Tim Anderson is doing, hitting 356 with eight steals, OPS almost 900. I can't ignore it. The fielding has drastically improved since his 10 errors in May. So <laughs> I think he's been unbelievable. Dan? I still went with Bogarts. Um, go with my boy on my fantasy team. Fancy team name is literally Paysander Bogarts, so I'll <laughs> stick with my guy. That's true. Uh, I want Bogarts as well. Uh, I mean, he's hitting over 330, 
337 to be in fact. I would have probably gone with Anderson if he had to, uh, some more at-bats. I know he was injured. I think he's only around 150 at-bats, but it's uh, about 100 more. So uh, I'm going with Xander, and that's probably a homer pick, but oh well. Uh, now we'll go over to, to the NL and start with Dan. Well, with Trey Turner, but I'm not quite confident in that pick. I forget who I was debating between when I made this pick, but he's having a good year. And I wish I knew who else I was picking between because I could well, give some insight to why I made the pick. But he's having a pretty decent year. Well, it might be the guy I pick. I didn't pick Turner. Connor, did you pick Turner? I picked Turner, but I really wanted to pick Dansby Swanson because he's on my, my fantasy team, mm-hmm. and he's been unreal, and he steals so many bases. He's so hot lately. It, it came down to those two, but Turner has been really good, so I took him. Um, I'm going to go Swanson, I, I, and I didn't go Turner. I went Tommy Edmond hitting leadoff for the Cardinals. I've mentioned him a few times on the pod. Uh, he's got 15 steals, something that I think just isn't in the game as much as it used to. Uh, he's got seven bombs, 29 ribbies, 54 runs, again, leading off. Uh, just gets on base, and I, and I think that's something that's really helped the Cardinals. They have a nice, I've mentioned kind of the top of their order. Uh, Dan, was this the guy you were deciding between? No, and this probably will come as a surprise, and maybe it's just my lack of baseball knowledge, but I was debating between uh, Turner and Lindor. Yeah. I don't know why. He was on my list, too. I almost put so, him out. Yeah, I don't think that's too, too crazy at all. He's been good. Um, now we'll switch over to third base. Newman, again, we'll go to you. We'll start AL. Uh, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do the Red Sox again. So I'm going with Jose Ramirez. I think just it's just better in all categories. It leads the league in RBIs by a moonshot. Is 62 already. Uh, OPS both won 16 homers. Um, he's just phenomenal. The, the low and bright spot for the guard, poor Guardians, so he's been unreal. Dan, Devers, Ramirez, or Machado, who'd you pick? Well, seeing that Machado plays in the NFL. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. I'm an we'll idiot. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going with Ramirez. Um, like Connor said, leads in a lot of categories, so unfortunately can't go with Devers. Would love to be a homer, but integrity. Yeah, I want I want Jose as well. I think you look at his production compared to the entire lineup of the Guardians. He's got about forty percent of the offense. Scores most of the, a, a lo- very large percentage of their runs. He's driven in a, again a large percentage of their RBIs. No one else in that lineup I fear besides this guy. And they've won six straight, and I believe they're one back in the AL Central, Minnesota. Terry Francona and Jose Ramirez deserve a fuck ton of credit. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I was trying to do my uh, MLB rankings a couple days ago. And, like, when did Cleveland become over 500 in one game back of the Twins? Like, I'm it's, so confused when this happened. They're good. I, I know. I, I did not see this happen. And it's so. it's awesome when they just fly under the radar and you just completely forget about the Guardians. And then you look to see, and it's like, wow, they're one game back. I think that's how some mm-hmm. of these teams prefer it when no one's paying attention to you. And you're playing this well. I think that's something that's probably given them an extra boost as well. Um, now we'll go to the NL uh, after my dumb moment. <laughs> and we'll go to Dan. Is it Machado? <laughs> it has to be Machado. I don't think there's anyone else you could really consider. He's just playing out of his mind. Connor? Yeah. 
it's Machado. He carries my fantasy team, although he's injured now for a couple weeks. Yes. And I've sta- I had O'Neill Cruz stashed because he was third base eligible, and now he's not at the worst possible time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucked. Right after he gets called up. Machado's nuts. Yeah, it's Manny for me. And and I think, too, I guess when I was going through the Padres in, during the preseason when, where I had them ranked, because I didn't think Machado would be kind of carrying them as much as I thought. There was really no one for a while who else in this lineup was producing at the beginning of the year. It was all Manny Machado, and he kept them afloat with their brilliant starting pitching. And then now you look at guys like Jake Cronenworth are heating up. Luke Voigt's been unbelievable the last couple weeks. So now they're finally, even though Machado's now injured, now it's finally the lineup's coming together and and they're getting production from other guys. So they're kind of balancing out that that awesome starting pitching. So it's been great. Um, We'll go to outfield now. And we'll start in the American League and we'll go to Dan on this one. Who are your three? Or should we should we do oh. three or should we how should we do this? So I was gonna ask, are we just doing the we're doing the left field, center field, right field, or are we doing three outfielders? I just picked three outfielders. I didn't think oh, to I did left center right, so okay. all right. <laughs> just however you did it, I guess just say it because I did left center right. Um so for my center field I had Trout, right field, judge, and then left field was Austin Hayes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have Trout and Judge, uh, and then I wanted to show Ben Attendee some love, so I, I wow. threw him in at left. I mean, the left field for both leagues is easily the worst position. Yes, group. it is very bad. It is so him. bad. Is Juran Alvarez left field, or is he DH? I put him at DH, he's but DH. if you want to put him at left, he plays left. So I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he's a left, so I'm going to go Alvarez left, Trout center, Judge right. Um, I'm going to say my DH. Uh, but again, I think Alvarez is someone who I don't know how he only got 115 million or something like that. When you look at Corey Seager getting 320 or some crazy number, uh, great for Houston to get him locked up. And then obviously Trout just absolutely destroyed Connor's Mariners uh, four game winning home runs in that series alone. And then Judge has been the best player in baseball. So that's my explanation there. We'll go to the NL now, and we will start with Connor. Oh, the NL outfield is so bad in comparison to the AL. Um, so in right, I have Mookie Betts. I feel like that was the only sure thing for me. Center, I have Brian Reynolds of the Pirates. And in left, Ian Happ of the Cubs. It, these guys are terrible. But, I mean, Happ surprisingly is slugging almost 500 for a guy his size. It's pretty good. And Reynolds has 11 home runs. So I figured I'd show some shitty teams some love since these guys suck in comparison to, you know, Trout and Judge and, even like Buxton and Springer who don't even make the list. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Dan. Um, so I got Mookie Betts in right. And then I have Jock Peterson in center and then Harrison Bader in left. Hopefully they actually play those positions. So <laughs> yeah, they do. So okay. <laughs> for Harper, did you, what did you do with Harper? He's a DH. He's, okay. DH. he's, he's only DH. played six games in the outfield this year. I was going to say, cause he's got that, Lingering injury, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love the Jock pick. I think Jock's been the Giants' best player this year. So I'm with that. You got to have Mookie. And then left field. Ooh. 
Yikes. Is, I mean, I feel like Juan Soto will get the votes, even though he hasn't had a great year. He has been awful. As a fantasy owner, he has been dog What? Like <laughs> a 220, right? Something like that. I mean, no. he's batting 218, and he, had, he has a ton of home runs, but just awful. <laughs> I mean, I think he might get he might start because he might get the votes. Schwarber played left for the Red Sox. Is he playing left for the Phillies? He's playing left. I almost included him. Okay, I'll go Schwarber. I like that much better. Um, His average is terrible. Yeah. No, it is. But, it's again, bombs, slim pickings. and um, Again, it wouldn't shock me, though, if Soto was the guy. Like, just because name recognition, people would just vote him. No, yeah. Um, DH, we'll start AL. Dan? I went Alvarez. Me too. Uh, I went J.D. Martinez uh, just because I had Alvarez and left. And now, Harper. Harper across the board now. Harper across the board. All right, so that'll do it for our lineups. And now we will go to our pitching staff. So did you pick two in one league or one in one league? Two. Okay. Connor, start us off in the AL. Uh, I'll do the starters. So I have Shane McClanahan. I think he's, for me, he's the clear number one. And then number two, I have, there's so many like middlers. So I went with Logan Gilbert. You can hate on it all you want. He's seven and three with a 228 ERA and 82 Ks, which is better than Verlander, who's going to be my next choice. Um, so I'm going to show some love to him because he doesn't get any run support. He's a beast. Um, so my picks are probably people no one thought would ever be picks at the beginning of the year. I'm going with Nestor Cortez and Martin Perez. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I'm definitely going McClanahan. I think there's a case for him being the best pitcher in baseball all year. And then that I'm with Newman. Then it gets tough. I think he got it. I would probably go Manoa just because he was my pick at the beginning of the year. But, I, I mean, you can make a case for Gilbert, Cortez. I like those guys as well. Again, one, after McClanahan, it gets tough. NL, Dan, I mean, I can only imagine who one of your guys is, right? Come on, Dan. I mean, oh, so, I'm just, yeah. it's, uh, maybe he plays for Miami. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't do as much research for the pitching, but I could definitely tell you one of them is Sandy. I couldn't tell you a second <laughs> Let's one right go. Now. So, but it's definitely Sandy who – for those that maybe don't know, I stole him from Connor in the second round of our draft. Connor was not a happy man that night. So listen, he was projected fourth round, but he the way he's pitched, he was worth second round fucking value. I know. <laughs> That's what that was. What was so funny about it? Because I remember seeing Dan take him in the second round, and I was like, "Wow, he just did that to spite Connor," and then it's worth beautifully. It's hilarious. He's been, you know, he's been unbelievable, man. I mean, I know you're right up. In there for Sandy as well, Connor. Yep, Sandy. I got Joe Musgrove, who's been equally as good. He's an, I, I got him instead, and he's been fine, so I can't complain. <laughs> uh, I got to go Sandy one. And then number two, I, I mean, this has just been a guy who's really stood out to me this year. I'm going Tony Gonsolin in Los Angeles. Uh, I mean, a one four two and a 0. 0.82. He's got eight wins. He hasn't lost all year. He's only given up four homers. He's walked only 15 guys. I mean, he's been the Dodgers' best pitcher. 
and there's been a lot of good Dodgers pitchers this year. Yeah, I mean, they, they pull these guys out from nowhere. I mean, you look at Tyler Anderson as well, who, who even has been unbelievable himself with Kershaw and, and those guys. So really making up for Walker Buehler just not being good this year. Uh, next to the relievers, we'll start in the NL, and we will go with, I believe, Dan can start it. Or, no, we'll go Newman. Sorry, Dan. Oh, get fucked. <laughs> get fucked. Um, all right, well, Josh Hader, definitely the first one. Uh, finally blew a save the other day or a couple weeks ago. Gave up his first run in, I think, 40-something straight appearances, which is ridiculous. Um, second guy, for me, it's Edwin Diaz because he's been unreal. I think he owns two two seasons where he's the top uh, top five all-time in Ks per nine. Uh, he has, I think, almost 18 Ks per nine this year. He's been unbelievable for the Mets. Um, but there's some, there's a lot of guys. Like Bednar, I don't know if anyone will mention Bednar, but he's been great. Dan? Uh, so Josh Hader, and then I'm going to go with Kenley Jansen, and that's kind of a fantasy homer pick because he's been the only reliever I've had since the draft. Other other team, or other pitchers on my staff have been through additions. So. I'm going to, to go, I mean, one, obviously, Hader, and then my number two guy is maybe going to be a little bit of a surprise. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to go with Bard, Daniel Bard, with the Rockies. Oh my God. That was a – I mean, I have him in my other league, and you look at his numbers. I mean, keep in mind last year he's got a 5-2-1 and a 1.6. Also, keep in mind he plays in cores. And this year, 27 innings, uh, he's got three wins, 14 saves, 35 strikeouts, a 198 and a .99. I mean – Never would have thought that he would put up those numbers this year, but here he is. Uh, I think he should be an all-star uh, for Colorado. It's probably going to be between him and Crone. I don't know who they go with. Uh, I don't know who gets more votes, but uh, we'll switch over to the AL, and we'll start with Dan. Clay Holmes, and the second one was Romano from Toronto. Solid rhyme. Yeah, definitely Clay Holmes hasn't given up a run since his very first outing of the year. I believe he just broke Rivera's record for scoreless streak in franchise history. So he's been unbelievable. His sinker moves across the batter's box. It's unbelievable. Um, second guy, I I threw Emmanuel Class A some love. Um, he's only given up one homer. He's got an ERA of 1.59. Uh, he has 15 saves. So he's been really good for the Guardians lately. Holmes for me, one. And then number two, you could go a lot of different directions. I thought maybe Eli Morgan. I, I'm going to go with this this guy who I probably didn't know until three weeks ago. Uh, the Orioles closer, Lopez. Jorge Lopez. Lopez. I mean, he's got, I look at his numbers, .79 ERA and a .84 whip in 34 innings. He's got 11 saves. I mean, somehow really good. I mean, the guy had a six ERA last year in a hundred innings. Like I don't, the develop, the turnaround with some of these guys is unbelievable. Um, well, uh, no Tanner Houck for anyone. That's so sad. He's been a revelation <laughs> for our socks. <laughs> I know. Seriously. I mean, he's been awesome. I, I have him in both my leagues. Um, so I guess now what we'll do is I'll go team by team. And if you didn't give a guy, um, kind of in our starting lineups, then you'll just kind of in, interject uh, and give your guys. So 
Uh, we'll start off with the Yankees. I know we all had at least Clay Holmes, and Dan had Rizzo and Cortez. So Toronto, we all had Kirk. Tampa mm-hmm. Bay, I don't think Dan had anybody for Tampa Bay. It would be McClanahan. Yeah. Uh, Red Sox, believe we all had somebody. I did not. But or you did Dever. not. Okay, go Devers would get my vote. Yeah. Baltimore, believe Newman needs one. Uh, Austin Hayes. Yep. Minnesota, Dan, I think needs one from Minnesota. Yeah. So I'd probably go Buxton, but isn't the Ryan kid having a good year or something like that? Yes. Joe Ryan, yeah. Just got. So I wrote his name down, but I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah. Cleveland, we all had Jose. White Sox, I believe Dan and I need to give a White Sox pick. Miguel Cabrera. Uh, White Sox pick. <laughs> oh, man. so there's my Tigers pick. Spoiler. When you said that, I was just reading the Tigers. Uh, it would be Tim Anderson. Uh, I went Kopech. Um, like, I just feel like Anderson's been injured for too long. So was Kopech, though. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know because he's on my fantasy. Oh, he has been injured? Okay, thanks for the update. Yeah. Uh, Detroit. Uh, Dan had Maggie Newman. I go with Scooble. He's been really good. Right, I'm going Soto. Closer. KZ. I already have Benny. one. Yeah, Benny. Oh, that's right. Uh, I'm going Bobby Witt. Astros, we all had Jordan. Angels, we all had Trout. Texas. Perez. It's been a beast. I'm going to Dolas Garcia. I think he's got double-digit steals, double-digit homers, and he's got maybe north of 40 RBIs. Uh, Seattle. Ty France. I'm going Julio Rodriguez. Oakland. Paul Blackburn. He's been so good. Yeah. John Murphy. He's also Blackburn good. for me. Um, if I could quickly, sure. just the Astros, I'd like to shout out Jeremy Pena. Mm-hmm. You up? Uh-huh. Is sensational addition for my team when I picked him up early in the year. Got well soon. I know. Yeah, seriously. Um. Also, thinking back, okay, I guess if um Kopech's been out a while, then I would probably change my pick to Tim. It's not like he's been out a while, like. He's just had a lot of, like, he had a start where he got hurt after two-thirds of an inning. He was on the IL with COVID, I think, for a little bit. He's day-to-day right now. Like, he's just kind of been banged up and missed a start here and there. It's not like it's been long-term, but, it like, he was starting hot, but I think these, like, here-and-there type of appearances where they get canceled has kind of hurt him lately. Yeah, no, I'll still switch it. I mean, Tim's, you said he's hitting what? 356. Yeah, okay. I wish uh, I wish Giolito would get canceled. God, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, what's my year right every week? <laughs> no, the hell happened to him? Um, flip over to the NL Mets. Uh, I don't. I think I I, I'm one. the only one that needs yeah. one. I'm going Lindor. Braves. Said Austin Riley. Go with Swanson. I'm going Swanson as well. Nationals. I feel like Soto. Have to get him a vote. I went with Josh Bell. I went Josh Bell as well. Um, Brewers already had. Cardinals already had. 
pirates. Um, I went with K. Brian Hayes. He's been good. Solid. I already have Reynolds. Oh, I throw right. I throw a vote at Bednar though. He's been ridiculous. Yeah, I'm going Bednar. Cincinnati. I have Brandon Drury. He's been great. So I was debating between him and then the guy I picked. I went with Kyle Farmer. I think it's because I picked him up for a week, so I just threw him a bone. <laughs> no, he's been he's been pretty good as well. I went Drury, but I can I respect the farmer pick. Um Dodgers Padres already done. Giants. Newman, I think you need one because Dan I Jock. Oh, I didn't do Jock, did I? No. Um do Jock now or pick someone else. No, Jock's been really good. That's a good pick. I'll go Jock. Arizona. Far show. Far show. I want Zach Gallon. Oh, fuck you. He's been <laughs> elite. And then uh, Colorado. I think uh, Dan and Connor need one. Say Crone. Give me the Crone Dome. Crone Bomb. All right. So there it is. Those are our all-star teams. I think we should come back t- and to see who got what correct. So I think we should keep uh, this in mind. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah, just uh, I think that's all we have for this episode, unless anyone has anything else they want to touch on. I think we're all good. Uh, I think that's everything, honestly. Sports are winding down, except for I baseball. Know. I know. We're, hey, as each day passes, we get closer and closer to football season, which I'm sure all of us are Yay. excited for. I'm very, I'm very excited for the uh, the fantasy football league that we'll do and all that stuff. So a lot of good stuff coming up. Even though every uh, every sport is kind of ending, besides baseball, we got a lot of good stuff. Keep an eye on the Instagram. We'll get some more reels up. And uh, yeah, so that's all I got. And uh, later. Peace Thanks for listening. Peace out. Put your tears away, ain't no fear today You can drive off towards that summertime sunset It's what you ain't done yet, take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets, I'll be the one who accepts